DL2 music, baby. That's what's up, yo. Yeah. Ah, CRN. The wheels swollen. Yeah, CRN. Get the wheels stolen. Yeah, CRN. Yeah, the wheels stolen. DZ, where you at? The is stolen. What's y'all really on the truck for? Y'all don't even know what I've been through. Never play shit with a back truck. Stick first with a bill rule. We roll this paper state. Cause I got some cash to make. No cash in the state. Couple grand by the payload. Mucho to the head off. I'm all about my pesos. Rockin' the river. Wheels rollin' with a face flow. Grab the beat. Me and my homie Uncle Tato. Class Tato. From here to San Diego. In the state to the East Coast. On the road every day, yeah, we toast. Work hard, play hard to life, we toast. Thank you, leave the man here, we go. Yeah, cause it's the R-E-N-C-L-A-N-C. We everywhere like a frizzy. Pull up to the spot, make the drop, hit the road, count the notch. Yeah, it's the R-E. The wheels are swollen, yeah, CRN, keep the reef stolen, yeah, CRN, the wheels are conference call for April and thanks for joining we're uh, we're gonna get started here and I uh, just want to kind of introduce for those that are just joining this call for the first time so we do these driver town halls every month and uh, all of our executor most of our executives are here joining the call and uh, many of our managers as well and we're representing all the different departments and divisions throughout the company so we want to hear from you, we will answer questions and talk about anything that you'd want. Um, uh, first of all, we're going to have a little bit of uh, uh, some information at the top of the call, and then uh, and then we'll open it up to uh, to questions after that. So, um, also just as a reminder, if you can try to keep your questions as broad as possible. Certainly, we're willing to discuss any individual issues with you, and we'll do that uh, offline. But uh, 
we try to have as many drivers as we can join this call, and so we want to try to keep the information as, as broad and applicable to, to as many drivers as possible. So uh, we appreciate you joining and taking some time with us today. Um, to host the call today, we're going to have the president of the company, Josh England, will, will, will host the call, and, and he'll, he'll talk about some things, and then he'll open it up to some questions at the end. So I'll have some instructions on how to participate when we get to that point. So Josh, go ahead and uh, take it away. So. All right, thanks, Mitch. Uh, welcome, everybody, to our April Town Hall. I'm getting some feedback, so those, uh, uh, if you could mute your lines, if you are uh, 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 participants uh, who can comment on the call. So um, anyway, welcome to the April Town Hall. Uh, we are joined by many members of the Sierra England team located all over the country. Uh, if you're driving, please make sure you are hands-free. Uh, excited to have this opportunity. Uh, we do these calls for uh, a few reasons. One is to, to thank you for all your great work. Another is to give some updates. And then importantly, uh, this is one of, of several ways that we try to collect feedback. Uh, we want to hear from you about how we can get better. We do it through these town halls, through fleet-level town halls, through driver surveys and the follow-up processes that we have on that feedback we receive. So um, thank you for this opportunity. We're looking forward to uh, hearing your questions uh, as, uh, as we go here. Before we do that, I have a few things that we'd like to share. Um, first, I'd like to give an update on our safe and on-time every-time effort. Uh, last week, we were 99.2% safe and on-time, uh, so we beat our goal of 98.7. So congratulations on that. We uh, have an ever more difficult weekly goal, and we have been uh, consistently meeting that, even though we keep raising the bar, and we have met it every week this year. So congrats on that. Uh, I also want to mention that we're in the middle of our NASCAR-themed Safe and On-Time Cup competition. Uh, that is underway. It will continue till the checkered flag on May 1st with the playoffs following. Um, we, uh, uh, the winning team each week is determined based on safety and service results um, with tiebreakers on commitment response uh, and huddle attendance and safety video compliance. Uh, so of course at stake are massive bragging rights for the uh, winners of the five divisions in the, competitions, uh, in the competition uh, and each driver on those five winning teams We'll, uh, we'll have bragging rights along with a $100 prize. Um, now we'd like to invite Darren Wingard, who supports the road team, to share a few comments. Darren? Can you get Darren unmuted here? Sorry, Josh. There we go. Darren, you should be unmuted. Un go ahead. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. All right. Hey, everybody, just wanted to take one minute to remind all the drivers on the call of the Road Team Hotline. We launched this a few months ago, and we would really like to hear from any of you who have questions, especially if you're new to CR England or new to truck driving. That's primarily what the Road Team is about, is helping our new drivers with anything we can especially if it's questions related to how to do the job. So we love it when we get questions about trip planning, for example. We love to help drivers with that. But 
anything else that you guys have a question on, if you're new and you're trying to figure things out and you're just not sure who to call uh, for your question, give us a call. And that number is 801-335-9380. And if you're driving right now and you can't make a note of that, all you have to do is go into your CRE Toolbox app, hit the main menu, go down to Resources, click that, and then click on Road Team, and you'll see a whole bunch of stuff in there. So you'll see our phone number. So that's the Road Team hotline number that goes to all of us that are on the Road Team. You'll see our email address where you can send an email to the team. There's a link to our private Facebook group in there. If you're not in the Facebook group, we'd love to have you in there. That's a great resource. It's also a link to our video library where we have recordings of pretty much everything that we've ever done. So any question you have uh, is probably answered by one of those videos in there as well. And then one other thing that I really wanted to point out, if you go look at that Road Team page in your app, if you go down to the bottom, there is a link that you can click on that will add our Road Team events to your calendar. So you click that, and it will ask you what kind of calendar are you using. Is it Apple? Is it Google? Is it Yahoo? Whatever. doesn't matter. You click that, go through the process, and it will automatically update your calendar on your phone with all of our Road Team events. So when we add events, if we change events, you'll get that notification. It will show up in your calendar. And the really cool thing about that is that if you have your calendar set up right, it should pop up with a reminder on your phone and allow you to just dial in with one click, similar to how you do with your wig huddles. We want to make it super easy for you guys to join Road Team events. We do Road Team Live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time. Those are great. We'd love to have you guys with us on that. And we've got another show coming up soon that uh, we will be announcing probably in the next week or so as we get it put together. So stay tuned for that. And again, if you have added Road Team events, if you've subscribed to that calendar, you will see uh, anything that we do will pop up on your calendar. So if you have any questions on all of that, again, go to your app, Main Menu, Resources, Road Team. That's how you get to us. It's super duper easy, and we would love to hear from you. All right, thanks for that, Darren. Um, yesterday, we had the opportunity to present honored veteran wrap trucks uh, to two very special drivers I thought I'd recognize here as well. Uh, one is Arthur Martin, who had a uh, an outstanding military career and also is a 25-year driver at CR England. Um, he was in one of our original Honored Veterans trucks uh, from a few years ago, and that truck has uh, gone through its, uh, its life, and uh, he was presented with a brand new one. Arthur is on the Dollar General fleet in Indiana. Uh, appreciate Arthur. And then uh, the other uh, honoree was Todd Brannon, who uh, was distinguished by an outstanding career, eight years in the Navy, um, amazing service, and uh, he's a three-year driver on fleet uh, D9 in OTR. 
these are outstanding gentlemen. We're proud of them. Uh, we thank all of our veteran drivers for service to country and company. So uh, thank you all. Um, I want to highlight some exciting uh, new dedicated uh, growth that we, we are seeing right now. So I want to highlight just a, you know, a few of the accounts that we are winning. Um, we, uh, we've been awarded the Anheuser-Busch uh, regional account, a May startup with five uh, new trucks a week until we hit 60 additional trucks. That's a growth of 60 there. Um, that's really exciting. Uh, Harbor Freight is another important customer to us, and they just increased our uh, fleet. Uh, they've awarded this. hasn't happened yet, but increased uh, us by 20 trucks. Um, that will be in Dallas. Um, and then uh, great customer, Niagara Waters. Uh, we're excited about three new accounts with them, uh, 10 trucks in Dallas that's starting up now, uh, and then uh, we've been awarded 14 trucks in Louisville and uh, 12 trucks in Atlanta. Uh, very exciting developments there, and that doesn't happen if we aren't safe and on time every time, right? We, it's because we have established that reputation and that we live true to that relationship that these customers look to us. So thank you, everybody, for um, qualifying us for these great opportunities. And then you can look for, if those are, if those are locations that are of interest to you, as these uh, accounts open up, you'll see those opportunities in CareerTrack. And you can go put your name on the list there if, you, if you're interested in being on those runs. Um, speaking of Niagara Waters, uh, I'd like uh, to invite Lori Akins, our VP of Corporate Sales, to do a spotlight on Niagara Waters as we try to do a spotlight each month on one of our customers. Thanks, Josh. Boy, perfect timing to uh, highlight Niagara Waters. So Niagara, um, they are, as Josh said, a new customer for our dedicated division. They uh, started their corporation in 1963. They are still family-owned and operated today by the Paycoff family. The Paycoff family started their first bottling facility in Irvine, California, and they delivered five-gallon glass containers of water to homes and offices. Today, Niagara has roughly $4 billion in annual revenue, and their corporate office is located in Diamond Bar, California. In the early 90s, Niagara expanded into offering single-serve private label bottle, bottled water for grocery, club stores, convenience, and wholesale customers. They supply 80% of all of the bottled water in the U.S. with brands such as Dasani, Smart Water, and private label water for Costco, Walmart, Sam's Clubs, and Kroger. Niagara has more than 30 plants in North America, the United Kingdom, and Australia. As Josh mentioned, Dedicated was recently awarded new business with Niagara in Dallas, Texas. Shortly after a very successful startup in Dallas, we were awarded two additional locations, uh, just outside Louisville, Kentucky, and Atlanta, Georgia. For all three locations, we will have 34 trucks and a total of 46 drivers. There will be some sleep seating, slip seating, and the drivers will be home every day. Our dedicated locations will deliver to Niagara's white glove accounts such as Costco, Sam's Club, and Kroger. 
Drivers are paid mileage and load pay with the goal of three turns per day. Dedicated is a new venture for Niagara, and we are excited to be partnering with them as they continue to grow. Thanks, Josh. All right, thank you, Lori. What an exciting new customer. Um, and then last thing before we jump to your questions, I wanted to do a, a quick core value spotlight. And the one that I selected to spotlight is community driven. Um, if you look right now on, your, uh, on, on our website or in your CRE Toolbox app, you see that we are right about 9,560,000 uh, yeah, children that we have fed through our one initiative. Uh, many of us remember when we hit our first million in 2018. Um, and it's, so it's amazing that we're now closing in on 10 million children fed. Uh, one load feeds one child. Uh, I've had opportunities to volunteer at kids' cafes where the, the meals are being provided to kids. So I've been able to see up close the kind of impact this is having. And so I just want to say a big thank you to all. Uh, for the important role that you play in eradicating childhood hunger one child at a time. That is such an important part of what we stand for at Sierra England. I hope you embrace that and recognize the impact you're making. Uh, now, Mitch, uh, if you could give instructions on how uh, people can ask questions. All right. Thanks, Josh. I'm going to put it into Q&A mode now. So if you want to ask a question, just dial star six on your phone, your dial pad, and that'll be, you'll be put into the queue. Again, star six, and, uh, and then we'll go from there. Looks like we're starting to get some, uh, some questions. So we'll take the first one. This one looks like the, uh, the area code's from Corona, California. I don't have a name on this number, but uh, go ahead and unmute yourself and, uh, and ask your question. All right, we, looks like you're off mute. Go ahead. Tell, Hi, us who, um, tell us who you are. What's your my, name? Uh, driver code. My name is uh, Paul Simon. Driver code's P Simon. Um, so my issue uh, that I'm currently having is uh, actually with the uh, Colton shop and uh, having to do with information that we're being told time and time again regarding our like tire pressure and and like information that that we have been continuously told that is contradicted when we bring in our trucks for repairs um, where as an example we're told to get our own tire pressure gauges and stuff like that to make sure we're doing our proper pre-trips yet when we go in and we say hey I need air in my tires or this tire is flat I need to get it replaced they're telling us that our gauges are wrong or they're telling us that it, they don't need to do anything to the tire because it's above 80 PSI. Okay, thank you, Paul, for calling in. Appreciate that. That's a great question. Uh, I'll invite Dan Flanagan, our interim maintenance VP, to uh, address that. Uh, let's see, Dan. Let's see here. Don't know what Dan uh, on uh, coming, coming through. Okay, let's do this. Let's uh, Dan, if you'd work on 
getting uh, getting registered as a uh, participant on the call. That would be great. And uh, chime in, and then we'll we'll come back to that, Paul. If uh, you just stay tuned, we're going to come back to that question. Okay. All right. Let me get in back into the queue. Okay, we'll go to the next question right now. This is uh, Eric Prisco. Eric, go ahead. Yes, uh, good day, everyone. This is Eric with the Road Team. Hope everybody's having a great day. I have a, uh, a kind of a concern that's going to lead into a question. Now, every time that I'm at a shipper and I'm leaving the shipper, uh, I put my BOL temp in. And every time I do that, I get a driver report of BOL temps and reefer temps to match the order. Uh, this comes up every single time. And the concern is it's almost like the boy calling wolf. Um, it comes over so much, I fear that somebody's going to look at it when that message means something and they're going to say, I have this every single time, not pay attention to it. It's going to cost us a load if it hasn't already cost us a load. And I guess my question is, what are we doing to update uh, our, uh, our files and such? I know that we have new customers. Uh, current customers are changing their loads. But what are we doing to fix that problem? Yeah, Eric, great question. So my understanding is uh, where you're getting the, the message that the uh, – Temperature you've input is different than the bill of lighting temperature? Correct. Is that correct? And, okay. it happens, yeah. and it happens just about every single time. Every single time. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Who, uh, let's see, who in our executive team could address hey. that one? Uh, Dusty? Dusty Jacobs? Yeah, hey, Josh. Uh, I can take that. Eric, thanks for that call. Uh, that's obviously uh, concerning. You're exactly right. We, we don't want that uh, the, the boy that cried wolf situation. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to get your info, and I'll contact you, and, and we'll dig into this, see if it's isolated. It doesn't sound like it is. Um, and I'll work with our IT uh, department to make sure that, um, you know, we don't have something, uh, you know, set up wrong that's causing that. Um, uh, there have been a time or two when, when that's happened in the past where it's just maybe one uh, character typed in incorrectly that's kind of throwing things off. So uh, we'll get back to you. That's a great call out, and uh, then we'll get something back out to the team and uh, spread the word out through the fleet uh, if we do have a problem uh, so that you and others are informed of how we, uh, how we get it solved and uh, hopefully get it uh, taken care of. Yeah, thanks, Dusty. Thank Eric, that's... That's interesting that you're seeing it with that regularity. Like Dusty said, sometimes we have like a typo or something that may cause that on an isolated basis. That's uh, different that it's happening regularly. So we'll jump right on that. Well, that. That's a great example of why we do these calls. Thank you. And Eric, thank you uh, for being a road team captain. Uh, we really appreciate you and, and uh, uh, appreciate all you do uh, for the company. All right. Uh, Let's go back to the issue that, that Paul Simon uh, raised about the Colton shop and the tire pressures. Uh, Dan Flanagan, uh, let's, let's try again. Are you able to come on? Yes, can you hear me now? Yes. Good. Uh, Paul, um, I've, I've heard this before. Um, hopefully this wasn't recently, but uh, we had also had a, a driver go up to 
um, after checking her tires, and she went up to the door, and someone at the Colton shop said, um, you know, your tires are fine. We don't need to check them. And hopefully we're, we're getting that under control. Uh, we went through a couple uh, issues down there where there was some confusion about what the uh, inbound personnel are supposed to be doing. But I will check on that to make sure that they are aware of uh, making sure that if a driver comes up, they check their tires. If they say that the gauge that the driver has is not calibrated correctly, then they need to give the driver a new gauge right away. Uh, so well, I'll check on that. I'll make sure it's right. And I've got your information here, and I'll get back with you and make sure that um, uh, you understand what's going on there. Thank you. Appreciate that, Dan. Hey, while you're at it, Dan, uh, why don't you take this opportunity to uh, um, describe our mindset related to tire pressures and the uh, implications of getting that wrong? Yes. Now, one of our biggest hits, uh, as you, if you've been watching the safety videos, one of the biggest hits has been tire pressures. And uh, first of all, um, we don't want drivers to put air in tires. Um, our um, compressors at the shops are more, uh, in some in some cases, 150 or 180 psi, and you want only want 100 psi in the tires. So please let one of the mechanics put air in your tires. Uh, you should be doing that yourself. If if you think you can, please let us do it. But it's very important to make sure that the we have the correct air pressure in the tires. Our biggest hit over the road is uh, flat tires. Now, a flat tire is anything that is um, 80, uh, less than 80 PSI. Uh, it's a 100 PSI uh, rating that we have in our tires as we put in them. So make sure that uh, you have at least that. If you've got less than uh, 80 PSI in your tires, we will uh, correct that not by putting air in it, by removing the tire and checking it for leaks. Uh, you shouldn't have lost that much air in that tire. Uh, so we don't usually air them up at 80 PSI. We consider that, consider that to be a flat tire. So it's very important that you check your tires. We are sending out uh, a lot of, uh, of our vendor, our Bridgestone vendors, out to locations where trailers and tractors are currently sitting. We're going to be doing this all summer to make sure that we're checking all of the tires and all the equipment uh, and reporting back to the drivers if they have low tires to make sure that they, they are checking them. Uh, does that cover it, Josh? Yes, thank you, Dan, and uh, thank you, Paul, for checking your tires and uh, you know paying attention to that important topic. We, it's an area we, we need to do better, and uh, so appreciate that attention from uh, both sides, drivers and maintenance. All right, let's go to our next question. Okay, next question. This is coming from uh, Steve, it looks like on the name on the, the number there, area code 909. Steve, go ahead and let us know who you are, your first and last name or driver code, and go ahead with your question. Hey, this is Steve um, down here in a Walmart dedicated to Fleet and Colton. I'm also part of the road team. Um, the question I have is it, um, considered one of the critical events, the short following distance. I recently heard that the parameters have changed on that. Can we get a better explanation of what we're looking for 
um, and what has changed on those parameters for the short following distances. I'm getting a lot of drivers that are coming in and showing me videos of the short following distances, and I don't really see, and I don't know what has changed on it, um, but they're getting the critical events pinged to them um, for these events, and I'm not sure why or what has changed. Yeah, yeah. This is this is Aaron Shepard, the uh, vice president of safety for the company, and uh, that's a good question. Our standard following distance is been the same, and our standard has not changed. We ask that you keep seven seconds of following distance between you and the vehicle in front of you, uh, and doubling it on in bad weather. That's not changed. Our trigger sensitivity, so where the system tells us, hey, look at this video, uh, I'm not going to tell you the exact number that we pull at. It's much less than the seven seconds mark, but we did make a slight tweak to that with letting us look at more videos, but I can tell you they're less than half of our standard falling distance. So if you're getting a falling distance event, you are, you are egregiously in, uh, not in a line with what our standard is on falling distance. And, and, and just to let everyone know, the way to calculate falling distance, you look for a, an object on the horizon and count your way there. And if you're, if you're only a second or two seconds behind that, that, that uh, what's in front of you, that's, that's problematic. Yeah, that thanks for that. And Steve, yeah, thank I, you I for that, Aaron. Thank, the important thank question. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Um, yeah, appreciate that, and, and thank you, uh, you know, for being a road team captain. We're, we're proud of you and appreciate you. Thank you. All right, thanks, Steve, for that question. Good one. Uh, all right, we'll go to the next one. This is, I don't have a name on this number, but it's uh, looks like from Arlington, Texas, area code 817. Go ahead with your question. Let us know who you are, your name and driver code, and then go ahead with the question. Hi, that would be me. Uh, my name is Chuck King, driver code CHKG. Hey, Chuck. Hey, guys. Hey, Josh and Mitch. So I have three. I'll be really quick. Um, the roundtable that we had for April, uh, there was an article written. I'm not sure who wrote it, but it was called – it was about Michael Jordan. I'm not sure who wrote that, if you guys do, but – Motivational, awesome. I recommend everyone go read the uh, the roundtable. That brought brought something to to mind for me anyway, which is um, I watched one about Sean White, the snowboarder. If you guys know him, uh-huh. and you know it's kind of a single, kind of a solo sport with a support team. But he brought up the same thing. It's like do what's hard until it's not hard anymore. You know, and once you do it enough, it becomes a casual thing to do. So for all the new drivers, don't shy away from doing hard things that you're, you may be, uh, you know, a little bit hesitant about. Just keep doing the hard things and just do them over and over and over again. And eventually, you'll win. The second thing is uh, Laredo. So Darren sent out something from transport topics, I think, but, you know, Laredo is like the number one port that we have right now, and we have a good footprint. We have great property down there, but looking forward a year or two from now, things have to change, I would guess, a little bit, like 
there are a lot of companies that are investing in in property down there and huge terminals. And I love our terminals and yards. So are we looking forward to, you know, two or three or five years from now, what we're going to do is that that port continues just to grow? Yeah. Jeff, appreciate the, uh, those uh, comments and questions. Yeah, on, on Laredo, we'll start there. Um, yes, definitely. We're, uh, we're actually currently in the process of, of doing a long-term review of, of what do we think that business is going to look like in coming years and, and where do we need to, to position ourselves from a number of perspectives, including the facility. Um, and so, yes, uh, same wavelength there. Um, and I appreciate your comments about that uh, that facility. We've got some good things going there. Um, and then, yeah, the uh, roundtable and the, the Michael Jordan article and, and your your comments about Sean White all uh, well received. Appreciate those thoughts and and uh, those are definitely motivational uh, thoughts that that are important for all of us. So thank you, Chuck. Appreciate you. All right, let's go to the next one here. It looks like uh, Randy uh, is on here. To let us know your driver code, Randy, that's area code 847. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, just making sure I'm unmuted. So Randy Bevis, driver code R-B-N-H-O-S. My question is about per diem and the ability to reduce taxes both on the corporate side and on the individual side curious as to if it was a ability to, uh, let's say you pay 50 cents a mile to make it 40 cents plus 10 cents per diem, and the driver still gets the, the 50 cents a mile, but the tax implications on both the corporate and the individual side are huge, astronomical. Thank you. Oh, and, yeah, and, and a shout-out, sorry, shout-out to Eric. Thanks for that que- that question on uh, the BOL because I get it all the time. You get it. You get it every load. Every load, hundred percent. Every, every load. load. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Josh. This is Dusty um, and and team. Just quickly, we we've already identified one thing that we've noted. For example, Eric's example. He I think he put in fifty eight and the temperature was fifty five. Um, in, in the past, we've had some ranges so that those types of exceptions wouldn't pop up. Um, so we're going to we're quickly looking at those and making sure they get set up. So something may have gotten changed where, um, you know, for example, if you're only off a te- um, you know one or two uh, temperature degrees, that it's throwing these these errors, and that's why we're seeing a lot more. So I think we've already identified a way we can fix a lot of that. We're we're doing some more research, but that's the quick uh, the the one that Eric got last night. He was just off, so it was true he was off, but, uh, you know, he's correct. And maybe our booking uh, tender from the customer was, you know, three degrees, you know, higher or lower, and that's what's messing it up. So we hope to have that resolved uh, quickly, and we'll get back. So great, great question, and uh, good input from you as well on your, your question. Thanks. Very good. Thank you, Dusty. And, Randy, thanks for your input on that topic as well. Um, per diem... Uh, you know, if there if there's any executive on the call that has uh, detail on this, please chime in. I'm not sure we have anybody on the call who has been into those details. I do know that that um, I remember from years prior, 
where we had the tax experts uh, helping us uh, look into that issue, and I can't remember the details of uh, why we are where we are on that. Um, but uh, we'll take this as a uh, as a trigger to uh, to re look at that issue and make sure that we understand it properly and that uh, uh, that we are at the optimal position. So. At a minimum, I think uh, that's available for individuals to take, you know, to classify expenses per diem in individual tax filings. I know your question, Randy, is more about can we classify part of the pay as per diem, and that comes with a variety of implications, and I apologize, I can't speak to the specifics here. Uh, but we'll, we will take this as an opportunity to, uh, to make sure we're on top of that issue, that we remain on top of that issue. Go ahead. Thanks. So uh, with the tax law changes, uh, with the prior administration tax law changes, my accountant has told me that it, I cannot take a per diem anymore. You know? So I, I ran through some numbers with him and telling them about the corporate and the way you could – anyway, I, I would be interested for a follow-up from the executive side to see what, what they could do. Yeah. Um, sorry, not a lot of help here. I did just see a message from one of our executives. They, they heard the same thing that the tax law changed that uh, you can no longer claim per diem in the same way you used to be able to, so I was a bit out of date on that. Um, so, yeah, we'll take this as an opportunity to look into that issue. Appreciate that, Randy. Thank you. Yeah, yeah so Randy, it. Um, I, I'll just follow up with you, and we can talk through it, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll – uh, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with you later on today or tomorrow, and we'll, we'll discuss it. Sound good? All right. Thank you. Thanks, thank you, Randy. Mitch, and please, uh, please update our executive team on that as well. Thanks. Will do. Will do. All right. Well, someone, someone's getting another call. I don't know what that is. <laughs> this could be uh, what happens here. If, if any of the executives are, make sure you mute yourself. Uh, okay. Looks like that stopped. Next, next um, call here uh, is from, looks like uh, Gordon Justin is the name I'm reading here. Seven, area code 713. Let us know. Yeah. If I got that right? Did I get your name right? Yes, uh, J-G-I-G-Y-H. It's a mouthful of my driver code. Okay. What was that again? I'm on the, pardon me? What was your code again, please? J-G-I-G. Y-H. All right. All right. Go ahead. Yes, I'm on the, uh, the Duncan, Oklahoma Family Dollar Fleet, and uh, I've been kind of frustrated over the last six months. Uh, I've been, I was here, I've been with Sierra uh, England for 20 months now. Uh, I love hearing about this bonus opportunity where we can compete, but, you know, I'm stuck on the DD fleet, and in the 20 months I've been here, we've never won anything. We've got, like, the highest accident rate in the entire company, um, you know, multiple times. And then whenever we do have a chance to potentially win something in a tiebreaker, all of my colleagues, I don't say all of them, but a good portion of them aren't doing their commitments. And so I've done every single commitment since I ever started, except including the one where I fat fingered the wrong answer and they couldn't correct it. But... Um, I haven't had a critical event in over a year. I, I, I 
employee look at my uh, driver code and tell me where I can improve. But um, that being said, I'm just a little disenchanted. The uh, family dollar redistricted things, and um, I'm looking at a $20,000, you know, pay cut. Uh, I just keep talking to all my blue, you know, I'm blue in the face to my, my, uh, my fleet manager. And he says, well, I gotta, you know, I gotta send things to the other guys. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I get that. But, you know, like this week I got 913 miles between three trips and 117,000 pounds of freight. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, there, there is no, I mean, I know that, you know, the, the hands-on freight, uh, whatever, it pays better. And as best I can tell, you know, Sierra England doesn't offer another fleet that, you know, is remotely close to Houston. I might actually live in Conroe, but um, I'm, I'm just, I'm looking for something because, I mean, that, that that's a, that's a, you know, a tuition for my daughter when she gets older. And it's, it's so frustrating because, I'm out here humping it out in the heat. You know, the summer is going to be 115 in the back of the trailer. I drink a gallon of water, go to my next stop. I'm, I'm like, I'm pursuing myself to be a top performer, but at this rate, I could hey, be Justin. an overroad driver and not touch anything. I don't know. Hi, Justin. This is Scott Adkins. I'm vice president over uh, that division for the Dollar Tree Freight, Family Dollar. Yeah. So are you referring on the bonus side, the safe and on time bonus, not fully qualified? In the three well, I, metrics. Well, I, basically, when you know the, the the team dynamic, the fact that you know we we're pitted against after what the other team is, but we're DD. And then when you go to the team, and then there's a win loss every week. We're losers every single week. In the 20 months that I've been doing this, not a single hundred dollars has come my way. I mean, and I'm just trying to pick up as much as I can because, you know, I, my pay has been slashed by twenty thousand dollars, and I, I'm just I'm frustrated. I'm like, okay, well. You know, can't you look at me versus the other drivers and somehow find a way to get me better routes or something? Because I'm doing everything the best I can. I get, you know, occasionally I get, you know, the you know, the one employee that doesn't want to step out in the heat and do work. But, I mean, sure. everyone says excellent driver, excellent driver. So I just don't know what to do because I'm frustrated. And yeah, well, uh, as a company, we do have some uh, fleet programs that are company-wide. That may be something that you're looking at. But I tell you what, I'll be happy to touch base with you offline. I can give you some insight uh, to what's going on with the fleet metrics to alignment of the DCs. We actually have another one coming up in end of June, 1st of July, which is actually going to strengthen uh, our link to Paul a lot greater out of Duncan. And I can share some of that news with you. I I would appreciate it. I I really would. Absolutely. Look forward to my call. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, this, Thanks, Scott. This is Aaron Shepard. Uh, Go ahead. I just wanted to uh, make a couple comments here after Scott. That there is no doubt the dollar store degree of difficulty is pretty hard. The places where you have to back into are pretty tough. We will take a look if we need to take our, you know, our Super Bowl and our NASCAR contest. If we need to set up a dollar store division. We will look into doing that uh, seriously. And then the, the second comment you made is you, you couldn't get your your teammates to keep their commitments. I will attend your next wig huddle and try to convince, uh, along with the fleet manager, I'll attend your next wig huddle and try and convince uh, your teammates to 
to keep their commitments because it's so important to, to having good safety outcomes. And it sounds like we need to build a little buy-in within your fleet, and we're happy to help uh, uh, give you some juice to do that. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. That's great. And, yeah, that's, that's ultimately what those huddles should be for is to rally the team, you know, to work together to, to improve on safety and service. Um, yeah, and, and I, I actually think uh, in those competitions, I think we already have a dollar store division set up where dollar accounts are competing against other dollar accounts uh, because there are some different dynamics there. Um, so, yeah, appreciate, uh, appreciate that, Gordon. And uh, Scott, I'll get back to you, and, and Aaron will get involved in your huddle there. So thank you. All right, thanks, Justin. All right, let's go to the next caller. Um, this is Daryl, uh, area code 303. Daryl, can you hear us? Go ahead. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, name is Daryl Orr. Driver code is D-O-J-M, Delta, Delta Oscar Juliet Mary. I'm with the Anheuser Regional Fleet out of Fort Collins. And I had, uh, let's see, let me add on to what the other gentleman was talking about by the tablets putting out a temperature alert. I myself get it every time also, and I don't even drive a reefer. We're, we're a dry load. It says driver put in wrong temperature compared to what's showing, and I don't even have an option to change that, so if that'll help you out a little bit. Um, also, wanted to see if you guys had an update on the tablets, being able to read messages audibly to the drivers, because I know we'll be on the road for hours, and a message will come in. We won't know what it is until we stop. Um, and then... Uh, uh, truck wash uh, things. Uh, I know we've got, you know, the Colton Yard, Salt Lake City, where we can get the truck and trailer wash. But if we're, like what we're doing out in Anheuser-Busch and Fort Collins, we're out in Houston, St. Louis, we don't get to uh, the West Coast to get our trucks washed. We end up having to fork out almost $100 to get our trucks washed and then get reimbursed. Is there any way or anything in the future where we can get a contract with Blue Beacon, I know they're privately owned, most of them each in individually. Uh, if we could work something out, that would be kind of cool. And then the big question is with the Anheuser-Busch uh, fleet, the controversial with them in the news, is that going to foresee affect sales or uh, transportation of their product here in the future? Yeah. Thanks for that, Daryl. Let's start with the uh, with uh, Danielle. If you could speak to the uh, issue with the tablets again, and it's come up a few times now. Anything you'd add on that? Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, we did have to request an enhancement from Platform Science to have that ability to have the message read out loud. So we're still waiting for them to address that enhancement. So we'll keep you guys posted as we hear more information from Platform Science. And I, I can just add, that's one that, it, like Josh said, it's uh, come up a couple times in the last couple of town halls, and we've been kind of confused by it because the, the way it was documented, we believed it was working correctly. Uh, as we dug deeper, found out that it wasn't. So I appreciate uh, that you and the other drivers that have brought it up. But yeah, we are working with the vendor now to try to get that corrected. Yeah, thanks for that, Rich. Um, okay, regarding uh, Anheuser-Busch and, and uh, paying for truck washes, uh, uh, 
who on our dedicated team could speak to that? We might not have uh, the right leader and dedicated. Uh, Ron Hall in Ops Support, I wonder if you could speak to that. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, just as a general policy, and there are some, uh, a handful of exceptions, but as a general policy, we don't pay for external truck washes outside of CRE facilities, and uh, we're fairly common with our peers in the industry on this. Uh, it's just a very expensive thing to go through a blue beacon on an external wash. We do pay for trailer washouts, as I'm sure you're, you're all well aware, but but we do manage very, very carefully the expense we uh, spend on the road on external truck washes. And that's one yep. of the primary reasons we've invested in putting truck wash facilities in our, uh, our own facilities. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. And, of course, we recognize that uh, not all drivers get through our, our corporate facilities, and, and it's just, uh, unfortunately, you look at the economics of, uh, those uh, blue beacon truck washes and, and uh, trucking rates don't don't cover that uh, uh, unfortunately so um, Daryl I think uh, you know if there's a case-by-case -case basis where there's something out of the ordinary uh, you probably ought to talk to your your local contacts there at Anheuser-Busch um, uh, but yeah generally unfortunately that's where we are on the, the external truck washes Okay, great. And then the, the last item was with the uh, controversial with Anheuser-Busch in the news. Is, do you foresee that uh, affecting our uh, the sales and our transportation of the product? You know, I, I don't think so. Um, it's something we're following, and uh, it's, uh, you know, just reading, there's a headline, uh, in spite of the, that controversy, the company's stock is still sitting at 52-week highs and outperforming competitors. Um, so it, it, you know, we don't we don't think that'll impact our business in any way. Okay, great. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank yep. you, and have a great day. Thank you. All right, thanks, Daryl. Appreciate the call. All right, uh, next caller uh, looks like it's Corey. Corey Petzold, area code four three two. Corey, can you hear us? You there, Corey? Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, name is Corey Petzl, driver code CPJF. I just had a quick question. If we put our trucker trailer in for service and they say the issue is fixed and then we get, you know, 100 miles up the road and the issue is not fixed, do we go back to the terminal to get it fixed, or do we go to a truck stop and get it fixed there, or you know, what 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 should we do? Great question, Corey. Let's flip uh, it back over to Dan Flanagan. Hello, Corey. How are you doing? Good, Dan. How are you, sir? Good. It's a good question, uh, and and it it really all depends on where how far you, out you are. Um, especially if you're loaded and you go one direction, you got to go turn around and go back. We, we would rather you stop uh, at a truck stop, uh, uh, especially if you get around in Loves or a TA and get the equipment checked out. Um, we will follow it. We have a, a system to where 
um, you do uh, we do work on uh, a system on your tractor or trailer, and that same system pops up uh, as, a, as a, what we call a rework. Uh, we can follow that to find out what happened. But in the meantime, to answer your question, and hopefully this does, uh, keep on going. Go to a truck stop. Don't go back to the shop uh, unless you're really close, uh, and just keep on moving uh, forward. Does that answer your question? Corey, you there? Hmm. Looks well, like you we may have lost Corey. Yeah. We lost. Well, hopefully he can hear your response there, Dan. Yeah. Good. All right. Thanks, Corey, for that. Let's go to the next one. This is a question from Thad Corbett. Thad, go ahead. Yes, good afternoon. How are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Thad. Doing well. We can hear you. Great. This is, this is Thad Corbett, driver code CRBTDE. Um, I just want to say thank you for having the meeting, and I also want to say that if anyone is utilizing the career track, one thing that I found out from changing different states is that when you're watching your number get closer to that state that you want to transfer to, like, for example, I moved from Pennsylvania to Georgia, and then once I looked again, I, was, I wasn't even nowhere to be found. And then I realized that if you're not 50 miles close to that decibel, a decimal, um, you can't work there. But if you catch that, you could tell whoever you want to tell or who has to know, well, I'm willing to make the transfer, and here's the time I would like to make the transfer. Is that position still going to be open? And uh, a lot of times, because I know some drivers, they gave up. They were like, yeah, I was number one, and I picked this um, – this other job, and then I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear from anything, but since I'm pretty proactive and pretty aggressive, I just followed up, and I was able to make that transfer and make that move and utilize career track because it's a great tool. Um, I also want to say that all those new jobs in California, will those be new hirees or people utilizing and I just want to say one more thing. Do we have any continuous training for leadership within CR England? For example, driver manager. Because if yeah. they're expecting the drivers to grow, their management must grow as well. And I'm just seeing some things happening to me that I don't like, that I'm thinking that people should address, but they're not being addressed. And if I address it, I'm looking like I'm going to be hostile or disrespectful. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm being disrespectful. Dad, really appreciate you, you calling in and, and bringing up those questions. Let's start with the last one first. Um, 
certainly we have uh, we have training programs, uh, you know, for our people in in, in all the different positions. Um, we'd love to hear specifics on what is causing you concern with um, with somebody that you're in contact with. So we're going to ask our intermodal leadership. Uh, we'll ask Brand Leonard to reach out um, to you individually and um, and and get that. And we'll we'll address whatever uh, comes up there uh, individually so that we can make sure we're um, uh, providing you the support that you need. Um, Let's ask uh, Wayne Cedarholm. He's responsible for our recruiting group as well as um, the internal recruiting, you know, where, where drivers want to move around between fleets. Uh, let's ask Wayne to, to comment on career track and appreciate your comments about that, Thad, um, as well as uh, these new accounts and whether they're going to be sourced from new drivers or internal drivers. Go ahead, Wayne. Yeah, hi, Tad. So um, thanks for the question. And uh, there's you had a couple in there, so I want to address both of them. Um, first, the transfer when you guys move, when you potentially are thinking about moving and want to get a position in that area, you do want to apply on career track, like you said, but you also want to make sure that you fit within that domicile. So some of the areas have pretty tight domiciles. Some of them are 15 miles, some of them are 50, and some of them are bigger kind of depending on how often you're running by that DC. Uh, so definitely look at the domicile and find out where you are to fit within that. But when you are prior to moving, if you're interested in that position and you're saying, hey, we want, I'm looking at relocating, well, there's, you can see the accounts on CareerTrack. There's a number you can call. It's really specific to those accounts. And a corporate recruiter, you can talk to one of our uh, corporate recruiters or divisional recruiters, and they'll put you on the list as looking for a transfer, the time that you want to transfer, and then, you know, trying to hold a slot for you for the open position. And that has happened several times. In fact, we've, we've had dozens of drivers move uh, and then move their actual current positions, and it's worked out great. Now, there are... I will say one thing. I think everybody's noticed we don't hire as many uh, drivers as we used to, and that's actually a really positive thing. It has a lot to do with turnover, has a lot to do with just kind of hitting our capacity numbers. So positions don't open up nearly as often. With that said, we try to do a mix. We're trying to do a mix of uh, new drivers and internal drivers when we hire. We first look at internal and, and try to set up transfers. And we also try to make sure, very, we very carefully look at making sure what does it do and how does it impact the current fleet they're on. If we decide to move someone over, we always want to make sure we have covered the current fleet they're on so that they don't uh, get under capacity for drivers. So um, my, my advice to anybody looking to move is to definitely uh, reach out to the corporate recruiter. You'll see that phone number on the CareerTrack app. And let them know where you're at in the transfer process and where, where, what you're thinking, and we'll, we'll uh, put you on the list and communicate to you whenever we have anything open. Appreciate that, Wayne. And, Dad, thank you for the question. Sure. Thank you. Good afternoon. All right. Thanks, Dad. Okay, we'll go to the next caller. This is, uh, I don't have, a na don't have a name on this one, but it's area code 385, area code 385243. Um, 
Can you hear us? If so, tell us who you are and go ahead with your question. You should be off mute. Can you hear us? Darn it. I, I, I put myself on mute. <laughs> um, but yes, um, I, I'm Jeff Dennis, uh, JDWB. All right. Hey, Jeff, go ahead. All right. Uh, my question is um, one informal and one, uh, one main question. The informal one is um, I also have that same issue with um, the Platform Science Tablet, also with the uh, dry, because uh, I had a dry load, but it said that there was no temperature. I called my DM, and she was like, no, it's the dry. So, so yeah, there was that. Um, but my main hey, question Sorry, is... Was it Jeff? Hmm? Is your name Jeff? Yeah. Did I get your name right? Is it Jeff? Okay. Yeah. How long has that been happening, that platform science error? Um, uh, off and on for me. It's not, it's not a whole load. It, it is off and on. Okay. Yep. Thanks the, for the, the most that. recent was a load that I was just on. Okay. Um, but the main question is, um, I'm on G4 fleet, and I heard from my DM that it's relatively new fleet. However, um, there seems to be no after hours, because the numbers that I keep on getting from my DM and from the after hours team is the uh, driver service line and the corporate line that goes to the driver service line. And when I try to go through there and get to after hours, it says after hours has been disconnected. Call your DM's 1-800 number, option one or something like that. But there is no 1-800 number that my DM has. And so I'm wondering if there's uh, something to look with that. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Boy, that sounds like an important one. Uh, Troy Dessert, could you take that? Yeah, Jeff, so I'll give you a call back right after this, and I want to know the, the number you're calling into. We do have some program issues sometimes like this, and I do believe it has to have uh, to do with the new fleet setup to where it's not triggering into the line it should be going to. Um, that's usually a very simple fix. Uh, if we're not aware of it, obviously we can't fix it, but you're bringing it to our attention. and. This should be a simple fix for everybody on that. But every fleet on the OTR side has a after-hours person assigned out to them. So we'll get that aligned to okay. where it is flowing into the right person. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Troy. Um, the uh, president of our dedicated division, Kirk Freeman, he wasn't actually able to join this call uh, on the phone, but he's watching our, our little chat between the, the leadership as we're trying to answer the questions. Um, he said he saw Daryl's question, or saw our chat about Daryl's question on the um, Blue Beacon, and, and what he said is, in Dedicated, we do allow drivers to wash their trucks at Blue Beacon with ops approval, especially for the northern snow fleets that have all the sand and salt buildup. Uh, it's as needed and watched by the ops team. So really, uh, same answer, uh, that it's kind of uh, by individual approval, but just wanted you to know that there is an understanding when you get you know, a lot of sand and salt buildup that that, that will, in, in certain cases, be approved. So 
that's a, one more answer on Daryl's question there. Okay. Um, yeah, let's move on to our next question. This will be our last one. All right. Let's go to, uh, looks like uh, Ravonda Whitley. Ravonda Whitley, area code 443. Can you hear us? Did I get the name right. Hello, hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, thank you for having me on. Um, I really enjoy uh, the company setup, the opportunity to be heard um, multiple, uh, in multiple ways. Um, I'm one of those ones that once we listen, uh, watch the safety video, I'll always uh, put in my input. Um, and one of the things that I said and continue to say is that um, the maintenance um, schedule on on how they're kept, at least I'm on the target fleet. My, I'm sorry, I'm Ravonda Whitley, RWS, Sam Z Zebra. And I'm on the target fleet down in Lake City, Florida, and uh, literally had an issue the other day. My truck um, has been, uh, like when I'm at the stop stoplight, I was getting ready to pull into uh, my first drop, and I hit the accelerator, and the truck didn't move for like two or three seconds. And it continued to operate in that manner all throughout the day. I finally get back um, to the D.C., and I go straight to the, um, the shop down at the Love's to um, get it worked on. And the guy, I told the guy what was the problem, and he says it sounds like uh, something electrical, whatever, whatever. And um, he said, you know, I'll get a diagnostic, and uh, we'll just uh, hold tight. Let's get C.R. England to approve it. Um, when he got back with me, he, was, he said C.R. England did not approve a diagnostic, but they will approve a PM and a DOT inspection. Um, that being said, I'm still experiencing the same issue with my truck, and um, I continue to have um, stability control, ABS, adaptive cruise control, um, active brake assist lights um, that are is saying unavailable need service soon. Um, and so I'm wondering who gets the DVIR reports because I'm constantly um, acknowledging what's going on with my truck and no one is listening. Yeah, let's ask Dan Flanagan again to, uh, to address that. Go ahead, Dan. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, and if you've got a problem with your truck and you bring it into the shop, and they say that they're not going to do uh, a, um, a a check on on the uh, codes that's in the truck, then there's a problem with that. And I'll I'll I will uh, go back and check see what's going on with that, and I'll get back with you. But in the meantime, um, typically what we do is when we it, when it's uh, due for ins uh, a DOT inspection uh, or a BPM the loves and or TA or our vendor typically goes through and checks for active and or inactive codes to see what's going on. So if you have lights on the dash, that means that uh, there will be uh, an inactive code if it's not currently active, and we can use that to troubleshoot your, your system. So with all the problems you're having, 
uh, what I'm going to do is get with the director of road service uh, and make sure that uh, he understands that when you bring your truck in that we need to get the thing checked uh, out completely. And um, I will be contacting you with my cell number, and I want to make sure that we walk through this together. Uh, We'll get you in the shop, make sure we get everything checked out, and we will get your truck fixed. And I apologize uh, for any delay in getting this done, but it it sounds like it's something that should have been done. And also with uh, your DVIRs, I will check. We do have a person that's assigned uh, to uh, look at the DVIRs, and typically how it's, how it's written up, uh, if, if you're still okay, basically it's, D, it's uh, still a DOT, uh, non-DOT item. Uh, we, we don't uh, open work orders on it unless it's worded uh, to that uh, degree. And I will check the, the DBIRs and sending out and find out why no one has uh, opened a work order or a repair order on your truck to see to, to get this fixed. But again, I'll be contacting you. We'll walk through and, and uh, see what's going on with your truck, get it into the shop, and we will get it fixed. Wonderful. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, Dan. Because I, I literally put yes when it asked, does it impact the safety of the truck? I put yes, and I'm like, I'm putting yes, but no one is listening. <clears throat> I have an issue. So thank you so much. I really appreciate um, your comments, and I look forward to speaking with you directly. Thank you. Ravonda, thank you for calling in, and that feedback is really important for us. Uh, that helps us get better, and we really appreciate it. So. Thank you to everybody on the call. We're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for all you do to represent CR England so well. We're proud of you and uh, appreciate you. Be safe out there. Thanks, everyone, for joining. That'll wrap us up. Have a good day.